0: You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urbanski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello everyone and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I am Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we're joined by a very special guest. We've got Chris Brisson. He is... Um, a friend and a mentor, and someone that can provide a lot of value to us. I'm, I'm really excited about this interview. Uh, Chris started his first company out of college. He built it for three years, sold it in 2005. In 2013, he was Infusionsoft's Marketer of the Year, which is not an easy thing to to achieve. Um, He's got two automated internet uh, businesses, plus a consulting company responsible for generating over a million dollars in sales for his clients. Um, He's a close friend, he's wicked smart, and he's a family man. Um, He's someone who really cares about people, helping out, and relationships. He's someone I feel very, very appreciative for being able to call on and to talk to, and uh, again, it's an honor to be able to have a conversation with him and, and and bring you guys into the fold today. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I'm actually uh, really excited to uh, to be on here, and thanks for thanks for the invitation. Hopefully, we can give some good value to everyone on the call.
0: Yeah, well, I just whenever whenever I've got a problem or. Um, like you're just one of the top 10 that I turn to. And so, again, if I'm sincere in my mission about wanting to help create 200 new multimillionaires, I know I want to have the best of the best on the call. And, you know, you obviously fit into that mold. So your marketing stuff is always on point. It's always sharp. It's always well done. And I love the way you look at the business world as well. You've got a lot of profound insights. You've read a lot of the great books. Um, so I just think that... Um, I just, yeah, it's, you are the average of the f- five people you spend the most time with. And so you're definitely someone I want to surround myself with more often. Now it wasn't, you weren't always, um, where you are now. So what happened back in the day? How did you even get started in all this? Uh,
1: well, first off, man, thanks for, for the kind words. I, I really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so. I guess the real quick story is I kind of accidentally fell into uh, business. Um, actually, I come from an entrepreneurship family. My dad's always started uh, companies, mostly restaurants, that sort of thing. And so, just growing up, I always had kind of you know the uh, seeing what it's like to to, uh, to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and uh, I just always kind of you know, always knew that's what I wanted to do. And my dad always said, you know, don't work for anybody. <laughs> so, all right. I guess, I guess I'm going to do that. So, um, but I was, uh, I can thank the fast and the furious because when I was, uh, 18 years old, um, uh, I was just going off to college and I, um, like any 18-year-old kid back in the Fast and Furious days, 2001, 2000, wanted to uh, quote-unquote pimp their ride, and I wanted to get <laughs> I wanted to get wheels for my car. Uh, I got a Mustang, and I wanted to get rims uh, like any other kid would. So. You know, come to find out, I went to look for these wheels and they were like $2,000 just for the rims. And I didn't have any money. I was working at Applebee's at the time and um, as a waiter in the summer here in Florida. And uh, you don't make a lot of money. So, needless to say, I was like, man, how can I figure out a better way, a cheaper way to get these wheels? And so I went on, I found a distributor in Miami. End up calling them up and playing as if because they only dealt with wholesale, they didn't do retail, mm. so I couldn't go there and buy them. But I, uh, I kind of sneakily called them and said, "Hey, this is Chris with Boca Tint and Tunes. Uh, I've got a customer that wants the you know seventeen x nine, you know one six eight, you know polished whatever <laughs> wheels." So I was like, "Cool." He's like, "Yeah, come on down. It's uh, four hundred sixty-eight bucks." I'm like, "What? Holy crap!" So, I came down with cash, and the guy kind of knew. He's like, All right, this kid just wants about him. So, ended up uh, bringing cash down there, got the wheels, and literally that day put them on the car. I put used tires on there because I couldn't afford no one. And uh, next day, I literally drove to Florida State University uh, in Tallahassee and uh, had my wheels. And fast forward two years into Florida State dead broke uh didn't have any money could barely pay my 250 300 rent and i needed money and my buddy's like dude why don't you sell your rims and i said oh how would i where would i sell them he's like oh you got to check out ebay so i look out on ebay and come to find out the same wheels that i bought for 468 dollars, these guys were selling the wheels for 900 so i was like holy shit um this is a business, and yeah. so, um, called my dad. I'm like, Dad, what do I need to do? He's like, Oh, you got to get a business license. You got to, you know, do, do this, all this stuff. And uh, Penske Auto, uh, Kmart, they had a, like a, a an extension of Kmart, which they did the oil changes on. So they were going out of business, and basically, um, uh, they had an auction. They were auctioning off all the equipment, and so I bought like equipment. I borrowed maybe a thousand bucks from my dad and bought like a wheel changer and tire balancer and all this stuff and, uh, had a company and, uh, just started, you know, in the summer I would do, you know, sell the rims and tires. And then anyhow, uh, fast forward through college would broker tire deals and sell tires to people, That's uh, awesome. on the internet, end up selling the company in 2005. But It didn't come with its challenges. You know, I got broken into, and these dudes stole like three or four thousand dollars worth of inventory. Fraud was rampant, and uh, you know, you're shipping huge rims and tires across the country. And uh, you know, if it gets scratched, the customer's not happy, so you got to ship it back and all this stuff. So anyhow, thank God I sold the business, learned a lot, and vowed never again to go into sell physical stuff, uh, especially heavy things. Right. And uh, that's where I just kind of discovered hey, how do you sell? How do you, you know, learn like Zig Ziglar and those guys? And, and I was like, man, how do you know? I learned about direct mail and all that sort of stuff, and then jumped into well, heck, if these guys are doing it in direct mail. Somebody's got to be doing it on the internet, <laughs> right, 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 and, uh, and then just dove into the, the massive rabbit hole of internet marketing and trying to figure that out. So
0: you know, and I love what you just brought up. First of all, I love the lesson that you learned there. Like you jumped into a business, and you know it was a bit of a grind, and that's similar to my story where you know I just felt it was a real grind in the brick and mortar kind of retail scene. Um, but the part that I love is just what, what you said about direct mail, and if, you know, and if people are using this direct response thing, you know, on in radio and television, and you know, and in, in, in the mail and in magazines, it got it must work with the internet. And I, it's funny, I had a conversation um, the other day with someone talking about uh, internet marketing, and they just they they didn't really seem to see it that way. And maybe we can kind of to help um, enlighten some of the listeners they thought that internet marketing was like a very specialty particular thing but i i had to be like no man like the principles uh that you use in internet marketing are actually really 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 good if you like they transfer over to everything else to direct mail to radio like it's it's not very different it's just the medium is different what do you how do you feel about that i don't want to put words in your mouth but what do you think
1: I mean, it's just, it's a medium, right? It's a channel and uh, it's inexpensive, right? At the end of the day, everyone is on their computer, they're connected, you know, like I can't wait for us to get past this, like looking down era, right? Everyone's looking down on their phones and, you know, I mean, more people are connected. There's no signs of it slowing down, you know, third world countries, you know, they don't have any food, but they have a cell phone, right? Like more and more people are connected to the internet. So... Um, you have to you know, you have to be on the internet to have any sort of business presence, especially moving into the future. And so yeah, I mean it's just a channel, but you know, apparently everyone in the world is on it. And so like why would you not uh put a business online? I think it's just ridiculous if you're not even thinking about it.
0: Right. Well no, exactly. And I mean, you know, most businesses and that's something one of your businesses call loop, I mean, you help bridge the gap and it is in in a lot of ways it, it um embodies what we're talking about because you, you know, you just said the internet is one of the most efficient, um, or sorry, what well, is it's the most, it's, what is it? It's cheap. It's most inexpensive, but it's the least efficient. So where like responses, like apparently, um, you know, if you do direct mail, if you have a winning online campaign, you transfer that into direct mail, as long as it performs, you should expect a five to 20 time ROI, like better response with direct mail than you get with online. Because when you're on a computer, there's all sorts of distractions. But online is so great and so easy to collect data and information and follow up with them. Like again, using call loop, um, you know, where you text them, voice broadcast, that sort of thing. And now, like you said, it's one channel, it's moving into multiple channels, um, but how did you even figure that out in the beginning? Because I mean, selling tires—how did you were just selling them <laughs> with eBay? How are you? You direct me. Like, how are you? I just want to—I want to figure out like <clears throat> how you progressed in understanding marketing and and you know and just developing that marketing prowess. Because a lot of people they don't develop that skill, and um, I feel like that's what really holds a lot of businesses back. Is that they're like, oh, I've got like I had a, a call yesterday. A guy has a piece of software. He may, might might want to bring me in because he's like, a, you know, he's a programmer. He's built this great tool. Right. But, it, you know, like in the business graveyard is littered with great products and services that nobody knows about. And this guy is suffering from that. So I just wanted to maybe – could you maybe speak to that a little bit, your education and your growth and progress?
1: Yeah. You know, I think um, I – when I first read uh, – actually, I uh, uh, got uh, – I'm blabbling here. <laughs> <laughs> fine. It's OK. When I first got – into like discovering marketing it was just kind of like i felt like i uncovered like the ultimate secret like oh my gosh you know i remember jay abraham he i bought a tape cassette course on ebay i think it's called how to get from where you are to where you want to be and i remember just listening to this on this old tape deck i had you know to these tapes and you know jay says you know marketing is the ultimate leverage Mm. and that always stuck with me it's like yeah, like if you know how to market, I mean you could do anything, right? Like yep. that that's it. Like if you can market it, you can sell anything. You can grow any business, but you got to figure out how do you do that? And so when I first like got into marketing, I didn't even know it was marketing. I thought I need to learn how to sell better. So when I had the wheels and all that sort of stuff on eBay, Well, first of all, eBay is a marketplace, right? You put shit out there and people search for it and they buy it, right? Like you don't have to drive traffic. You don't have to, you know, do any of that stuff. You just got to have good photos, which is actually one thing I figured out was, you know, I had all these wheels, but everybody was just showing stock pictures that they got from the manufacturer. Mm. So I actually went to the manufacturer, went to the wholesaler for like two days. I sat there with a little thing, like a little black little thing behind the wheel. And I took photos of all of the wheels, so that gave me like uh, an advantage mm. for somebody else to buy my stuff versus the other guy that's using just a manufactured photo. Right. So that was one thing that I learned. And I just kind of learned these little small things to like sell better and like for people to buy my stuff versus somebody else. Right. So um, one of the other discoveries I made was you know, shipping was a big cost. So a lot of my competitors would charge the $130 per shipping. Well, if you bought the wheels and you bought the tires as a package, you know, you had to get it mounted and balanced. If you go to any tire shop, they're gonna charge you for mounting and balancing. Uh-huh. So what we did was we offered free shipping, but you had to get mounting and balancing, which was sixty dollars. You had to get lug nuts, which was another fifty bucks. So it kind of mitigated our cost, but we increased our sales, right? That's Versus right. the guy where people are like, well, I don't want to pay 130 bucks for shipping. These guys offer free shipping. Well, right. the hook is, well, you got to get mounting and balancing. You know, we're not going to ship you eight packages. We're going to ship you four, which is, you know, the wheels and everything already done to your door. So you can just put it on. So that was one of the things and like just throwing in little gimmicks, like here, get a little like flashlight with your order. <laughs> you know? Right, right. So like these little goofy little things. But from that, I was like, I need to learn how to sell. I need to learn how to sell better. And, um, Learning how to "quote unquote" sell better actually turned into how do I market better?
0: You know, and that's that's a great point to bring up because what is marketing? You know, what is marketing really? And marketing, as I understand it, and how back in the day, you know, all the old legends in our industry, you know, they say um, marketing is salesmanship multiplied. Yeah, and that's exactly what you're saying. you learning how to sell better. But when you sell, if you're selling one on one, there's only so many people you can talk to in a day. Right. But if you learn how to market and you learn how to speak to people as a group and right, and create a system that generates interest and get, follows up with people and gets them to that point of buying, and especially the way you do business, I mean, you do all your sales online, right? Or is, with as little personal interaction that you have to do as possible. Um and it's not in any way to be an impersonal experience. It's to be a smooth user experience that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's something, again, that if you're you're the sales rep, then you can't make sales when you're sleeping. You can't make sales when you're working on your business versus in it. And so that's, again, that's, uh, that's marketing. It's salesmanship multiplied. So now yeah. how, what do you feel helped you? Like how did you learn how to sell?
1: Um, uh, <clears throat> well, I first learned like Zig Ziglar, but that's very old school door to door sales, and was really intrigued with that. And then I really learned like from Jay Abraham, a lot of the core core principles of, um, you know, sales letters, selling through print, you know, just marketing, leverage, joint ventures, uh, and that's stuff. And I really got intrigued with um, information products Mm. because I really was like, I was just done with. You know, I just, right. there's got to be a better way. I mean, you know, I don't want to sell stuff. I don't want to sell rims and tires. There's got to be a better way, like a easier business to build and grow and scale. And mm. got into information products. And so, one of the first uh, attempts uh, was I created a, an info product called Raffle Raffle Secrets, which was basically a <laughs> raffle ebook that uh, showed nonprofits how to create a raffle. And That's it was awesome. like twenty seven bucks. You know, but there was a lot of interesting things I learned from that. Was number one, bad market. Um, all these people were old. You know, they didn't use the internet, um, mm. and you know, and, and it would make a couple hundred bucks a month, but it wasn't like anything that you could really grow with. Right. And so, you know, I learned a lot of just creating an information product, writing an ebook, creating videos, you know, putting up a sales page, working with ClickBank. I just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and from that, we actually created another business. It was called, uh, uh, my revive, which was actually a marketing system for, um, a direct sales company and it was replicated websites. So we sold these websites for 20 bucks a month and, um, and, uh, it was a great business. I mean, it was like, wow, this is awesome. Like we don't have to sell anything. Uh, we're selling air, we're selling websites and, uh, it was a very skilled business. I didn't like the industry. It was MLM mm-hmm. and, um, End up getting out of that, but it was a great like learning, and it made money, and it actually funded my education in marketing. Right. So I was buying all the courses, and <laughs> like, all, right. you know, just like feeding myself and funding my education on learning marketing, and, uh, and that's when I discovered like Frank Kern and Jeff Walker and Product Launch Formula and Mass Control and like learning all this stuff, right. um, and then really transitioned into. Um, I always wanted to do just a big, massive product launch. And I knew the process and ended up taking uh, taking on one client, totally pro bono didn't pay me anything just because I wanted to learn the process and um, you know he had a, a small internet business, but he was making maybe a thousand dollars a month, but he had a very good kind of influence in the market, and this is in raw foods and uh, he was kind of one of the first ones to kind of I guess really enter into that market but this is two thousand eight. And uh, he had a list of like 5,000, but he would always send like his weekly newsletters were just always like, here you come. Here's the same thing I sent you last week. (laughs) You know, same HTML email, just kind of like copy paste. There was no personality into it. So I came on and uh, really just with some really good copywriting um, and just storytelling through email, we rolled um, into a mini kind of – save us a little, I guess guess you can call it like damaged goods, but like an inventory blowout. So he had a course. He was selling this course. It was 35 DVDs. He was printing them. He was burning them. He was putting them in the jewel cases. He was going to Office Depot, like printing the books. And it was just overkill. Like no one's going to go through 35 DVDs. So anyhow, um, basically did a small little, Three day like uh, sale, and I think it was actually kind of the 40 cash machine before even the 40 cash machine came out. Right, which is uh, a half off sale, right? That's yeah, the- yeah, just a half off sale, but it was an inventory thing. And I remember like, you know, seeing Yannick Silver do these hey, look at my closet, it's full of these inventory, you gotta help me. You know? <laughs> and uh, it worked. So we ended up doing like 15 grand, 14 grand in like two days. Uh, where this guy was like blown away. He, yeah. you know, his best month ever was like 1500. So, um, and then we rolled that money and basically I automated his whole business. So got a fulfillment center with DiscCom. you know, got, uh, everything just, you know, redesigned, turned it into 10 DVDs versus 35, right. you know, got the books printed. And so now it's just, it was an automated business and we rolled that into a product launch. We did 135 grand in 35 days. Like the first day we did like 25 grand. I was like, holy Lord. Yeah. Which is Anyhow, awesome. It's the power yeah. of marketing.
0: It's the power of understanding this tool. And like you said, it's it's huge. When you know how to wield it, when you know what you're doing, it, it can it can change lives. Um, I, I, I agree with that hands down. So many people are sitting on a business that they've got a fortune they don't even know of. It's so funny because I just had in the last two weeks, I had two different people I was connected with um, reach out for me for partnership deals where they have sites that are generating over a million, million and a half uh, unique visitors per month, but they're making like three to five grand a month with AdSense. And like, they're like, how do I yeah. monetize this? And it's like the, the sites are so niche. Like they're so specific. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, I'm like drooling, right? Cause you've got a million and a half unique visitors a month. And you like, that's it. But an weird.
1: opt-in form. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You're like, put a pop-up. Like, I don't know. Hey, I have an idea. Let's survey them. Let's, like, let's just ask them, Hey, what would you buy? Like, you know, it's yeah.
1: just, um, I, and I hope people don't like, you know, we're throwing numbers around and all that sort of stuff. And uh, maybe some people feel uncomfortable talking about that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like if you're a business owner, I don't know, we're all in this together. And, right. you know, if we can just share some like insights, like I have nothing to hide. Right. And, um, you know, it's it's what we did. But it, but the, the, it came from like wanting to learn, like in discovering like, oh, my gosh, this is the way you launch a product. And, and that was from Jeff Walker. Right. And, uh, you know, just learning those like core principles to launching a product, to writing copy, you know, to doing all the components, um, and, you know, not having a product of my own, it gave me free reign to run and execute my own quote unquote experiment. And I got paid for it at the end of the day. Right. So for me, it was a huge learning process. And, um, and ended up doing another launch for another client where we did, you know, a crazy amount of money in like a week mm-hmm. um, and uh, and from that it was you know the one thing I learned was we were doing teleseminars we were doing email marketing we did a little direct mail like we were using all of these different channels right. and right. one of the channels we experimented with was uh, voice broadcasts for like the Q&A calls and teleseminars that we were doing mm-hmm. and I always wanted to automate that you know we would have to kind of export our list from a AWeber imported into a system and it was just it wasn't automated right so that's kind of where call loop came from we were doing all this stuff and it just there was no easy way to add it to our marketing in uh, our, our process uh, and so that's where kind of call loop came from was how do we automate this you know we're using a weber we're collecting payments from you know paypal and one shopping cart how do we build uh, this list so now we can easily send out voice broadcasts? and then text messaging came a little bit later.
0: No, and again, those are great lessons of that. And again, anyone listening, I think they need to pay attention because you, you've hit some great things. Like you just, first of all, you jumped in. You were volunteering or you were getting involved even at for a fee in other people's projects. And that's one of the best ways to refine skills because when you're doing it yourself, you, you know what I mean? It's almost better to, to cut your teeth getting involved in someone else's project because you can learn from the mistakes you make with them. Um, and then you've got an ally and you've got a team and you can really, really like it's an easy way to, to shorten the learning curve is just to get involved. In fact, that's one of the things that I used to do all the time. I used to just spend my, I remember Friday nights, my friends would be wanting me to go out party and I'd be like, sorry, I can't, I gotta help my buddy. And I would just be getting involved with anyone I met at a conference and, you know, to keep in touch with like, hey, let's sit down, and talk about your business. They're stressed out, they're, you know, they're not making their bills. Like, hey, let's talk about it and, f- you know, figure this out because it's, that, it's a muscle and it's yeah. just about exercise and flexing that. And I just love how you talked about, you like just jumped in and then you were figuring it out as you went. And then at the same time you were applying the stuff that you were learning and you were experimenting. And then I love, cause you were like, yeah, we had a problem. And when I solved the problem, you, that's how call loop, Like you built a business out of that. You were helping other people and you came across a problem and in solving the problem for them and their project, you created your own business, your own offshoot, which you've, you've like, you've done really, you've done awesome with call loop. Um,
1: he yeah thanks. It. Man. And,
0: it's, it's, well, it's, and it's a great service it really is so um, again I just there's so many little life lessons there that I think are so important um.
1: yeah and I think it's um, you know like you're gonna find these opportunities uh, you know just doing those launches well guess what I know how to launch products mm-hmm. you know I know how to get affiliates together I know how to do all of this stuff. And um, in doing it for somebody else, you get that experience because I never worked for a company, right? Mm -hmm. I never got to work with a big corporation or, you know, got to work with, you know, these huge marketers or anything. So I just had to learn. I had to learn by myself and doing these things. And so, you know, I would say if I had the opportunity, maybe I would have worked for, um, you know, another marketer and just kind of maybe learned the insides of it. Maybe it would have fast-tracked me, but I would want to be on a fast-paced environment, right? Yeah. Where I can, where I can flex, let me flex my muscles, yeah. um, teach me along the way, but let me just, let me run with it. Right. Yeah. At least that's the way I work. And so, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, I mean, if, if you are wanting to get started, there's a lot of businesses where there's a lot of opportunity and they're just not seeing it. And I think like Jay Abraham said it best is, you know, like the hidden profits inside of your business. Um, yeah. you know, and every business has all these opportunities that the that people just don't see. Yeah. And, um, you know, those are, opportunities for you to kind of help them out with that stuff
0: and that's where things like plugging into a podcast like this and having a a tight group of people that you can turn to to just go hey this is what I'm doing and just get outside opinion That's why or being a part of a mastermind group that's why that stuff's so valuable is it allows you to see other perspectives and really really expand on instead of having this tunnel vision of what you're trying to do and you know because a lot of us you know we're having such you know because implementation getting it done is always the battle right So we get like our heads down and we get focused on implementing and our, you know, achieving our goals. But oftentimes, like you said, we walk by things that would have made our life much easier, better, faster, stronger if we just had known about them. So.
1: Yeah, but guess what, dude? I learned all of that stuff because I had to, yep. right? Like, I know yes. HTML, I know CSS, I know how to write copy, I know how to, you know, re- create an image in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how to do that stuff because I had to. Yep. You know, and I think a lot of people just may get stuck with, well, I got to find the right person to do it, and and yeah, some projects you may, but you got to learn it, right? Yep. I started learning uh, for the, my revive business. I remember paying a designer twenty. $2,500, which is literally like the, the only money I had. Right. And after she was done, she's like, okay, well, it'll be $90 per page. I'm like, $90 per page? I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. So yeah. I'm like, all right, well, let me figure this out. You know, let me <laughs> learn. So I just, I had to learn. And, you know, it's going to take time. But yeah. I think just, you know, having those core skills, because there's a lot of stuff that I still jump into and do because, you know, granted, it'll take me five minutes versus, you right. know, finding somebody else to, to do it. Right. Um, just because I know how to do it and I know, you know, uh, how to do that stuff better than some people do. Yep. Um, or at least I'd like to believe that well, but. How, or how you want it done no 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 I think, yeah, yeah exactly that's value,
0: valuable again it's the same thing and I know that we're talked about like product launches and this but again it all applies to whatever you're doing when you talk about doing a product like an online product launch and sending email I mean that's that's no different than if it's in the offline world right J- getting joint venture partners online people to help promote your businesses or strategic alliances it's the same thing if you've got a product and you need to figure out how to get four or five different distributors on board or right or how to make yeah. friends with all like how to get in how to, how to penetrate into an industry and, or, and make those contacts that you need to help you get the exposure you need. It's all the same stuff. It's all very transferable. So
1: you got to do the work, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, you got to, you got to experiment and fail and try and learn, you know, yeah. everything is going to be a learning experience. Yep. You know, there's been stuff that uh, I've always wanted to create or, yeah, you know, there's a million ideas that I think we all have. And, you know, yep. and a lot of them, you're not going to, do, you know you're not actually going to build it, yep, but yep. you know going through the process of figuring out and and uh, and seeing if it actually is a real business. I've learned a lot about you know valid ideas versus you know uh, small time little income ideas well, you, can
0: know? you can we can we talk about that because in my head i was just what was percolating just just now was wanting to talk about how you differentiate because a lot of people again when i had my martial arts school i didn't realize that i was jumping into a limited market and i didn't realize that you know that if i really wanted to grow and scale it i would have to turn to a franchise model and duplicate in multiple cities i never did that but when you just can you maybe speak like is there a checklist or any criteria or any books you could recommend to help people figure out how to analyze business deals and that and, and take a look at what they're doing and go, Hey, am I running into like a dead end? Am I, am I driving a Ferrari on a dead end block? You know, do I have this great product and business, but there's only 10 people that want to buy it?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the first thing is what kind of business do you want to create? Right. And what's your expertise in a a certain area? So, you know, if you just want to create kind of a passive, you know, $500 a month, I mean, there's a lot of niches that you can do that in and that's fine. Right. Um, now, creating—I think Rich Sheffrin said it best. and It always stuck with me: is, is you know, are you creating an income or are you creating a business? Right? Like, you can create an income—you you, can, you know, make $500, five hundred, five thousand dollars a month, but is that actually a business? Right? right. And that's—I think—the difference between you know, affiliate marketing, which really isn't a business; it's an income opportunity, right? right, um, right. And then a business, right? It's like you know, do you want to create a business? And you don't have to create a business where you have to have all these employees. I mean, you know, we're all virtual, and you know, in many respects, it's embarrassing if you walked in my office. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you don't have to have a huge operation, and so I think, you know, it's it's first getting clear what do you want to create, right? Because you can create a part-time income uh, with you know creating an information product, um, uh, but to create a business, I think. Um, you know, it's a little bit different. Like, does it have legs? Is it is it in a market that is not going to change or shift? Is it a uh, uh, a product that you know is within my skill set? So I talked. I just got off the phone a little bit ago with a friend of mine. He's creating a t-shirt company, and it's a t-shirt company backed by technology. I mean, it's it's really a technology company, right? Uh, it's just you're selling t-shirts. So you know, I was like, dude, you know, who's on your tech team like who's going to build your product because that's what it is oh we have this guy and he's already kind of flaked out on the the programmer and he's kind of like his hands are tied because he does not know what to do um and you know how to build how to get the product built that's not really in his core competency now he has a lot of money he can hire the right people but um mm. you know, he knows how to build a business, but it's not really in his wheelhouse of creating a technology company. Like he knows how to sell, he knows how to market stuff. Well, you know, when your business is dependent on the technology side of stuff and you don't know the technology side of stuff, you that's gotta a, get somebody that that's does. A problem. right? Yeah, that's a real problem. So um, you know, the easiest business in the world is information. Um it's scalable, it's cheap, it's high profit margin. And um and the key is really just finding that sort of niche. and so you know, I always say if like you're just getting started you know, pull a raffle of secrets, yeah, you know? <laughs> like <pull> some, <laughs> just get started with something like you have some skills. so actually, I'll give you a good example. so from that whole raffle secrets thing is um from college, I made some really bad decisions with credit card debt and credit cards, <laughs> and I knew nothing about credit scores or what that meant later in life, right? right like you make some right. dumb changes, you know and <laughs> dumb decisions in college and so um so anyhow, I had bad credit and it really hit me was it was like Christmas time and I'm in line at Banana Republic and there's like fifty people, twenty people behind me. And the girl's like, Oh, would you like to save 20% on your your purchase today? I'm like, Yeah, I know it's a credit card offer. She's like, Yeah, you know, take me two seconds, I'm like, Yeah, go for it. Because I knew I was gonna get declined. Come to find out, I get declined. I can't even get a banana republic credit card for the life of me and i was like man this sucks i got to figure out how to get better credit right. you know, like this is killing me i couldn't get a car i couldn't, I couldn't do anything right. i didn't even have a credit card cuz i couldn't get it so i was just like the same intensity that i went to like learn marketing i was like i got to figure this out so read a bunch of books learned from experts like got my hands on everything i could to figure out how to repair my credit so long story short i ended up re- uh, uh, cleaning up my credit it went from a 5 Thirty or something. I basically within thirty-seven days raised my credit score one hundred and thirty-five points. Wow! No joke, like for real. Um, I have all the documentation to do it, and so I was like, "Oh my god!" And I remember Yannick Silver had a, a post, and he said, "You know, document it and profit from it." And so I was like, "Okay, like I did this whole process. I have all the documentation. You know, let me just share it with people what I did." And turn it into an information product. And so just by the act of doing it and getting – fortunately, it was a good result. um, It turned into a great info product and it was called 37 Days to Clean Credit and it was a great little business. Mm. Um, I learned a ton of just doing something, getting a good result from it, documenting it and then profiting from
0: it. Right, because there's a lot of people that want to get the same results and that's – if you can show them the way, I mean that's extremely valuable for people. Um,
1: yep yeah and, yep. and mind you that's a big market right oh yeah you know internet marketing stuff there's so many people creating so many different products it's very you know uh, fickle you know things are changing you know and just it's you know it's a very interesting market but credit everyone has a credit score everyone has bad credit hmm. so that market and that niche is not going away um, I ended up selling the business two or three years later after I started it but it was for the most part, a hundred percent on autopilot. Awesome. Um, and, um, but, but it came from like, I had a problem. I figured it out. And I documented it, and I turned it into step by step training, and how people can do it.
0: Right, right, right. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, do you have any books that you would recommend to someone who's like who's intrigued by this, and anything that you feel they're like, wow, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to hit the seven figure mark, and I want to build some sort of automated business. Is there anything, or they want to learn marketing? What what would kind of your top couple of books be for them?
1: I would say the best. Courses I ever went through was uh, Bob Sterling's Million Dollar Licensing, okay. um, and that taught me how to do joint ventures, how to find hidden profit in businesses and in my own business mm-hmm. um, through scratch and dent sales. You know, like all just just mm. interesting ways to do it. Now, the cool thing with that is you don't have to have a business to do that. Um, you can literally step into and, uh, into that role, and do that for businesses, and take a percentage of the profit and the revenue generated. That was one thing I learned. Um, uh, the the other thing uh, is product launch formula, right? right. Launching any sort of in- internet inter- information product uh, is a must, I think. Um, uh, I think um, thirty seven signals rework. Um, I learned some a couple good nuggets from that. It's not like a hugely in-depth learn how to marketing book, but one of the concepts they talk about, um, and I'm just talking about my experiences, right? Sure, sure, sure. And kind of like where I'm connecting the dots with all these products. So one of the things uh, they talk about that is, you know, sell your byproducts, and uh, um, you know, that's from the b- the book Rework. And you know, the interesting thing is, you know, Henry Ford, they had all this wood from building the Ford cars. Well, all this wood. Well, they said, "Hey, you know, what are we going to do with all this wood?" They ended up turning that into uh, Kingsford, like uh, charcoal company. (laughs) So they ended up turning, you know, this extra wood, this useless wood, into a charcoal company. And hey, it turned out to be the most, you know, uh, profitable or biggest charcoal company in the world by just by selling those byproducts. So I came to the idea. I was like, "Man, you know, we built these really kick-ass campaigns with Call Loop." Uh, using Infusionsoft um, and uh, will other people want it? I mean, in a way I could sell this byproduct and uh, and that's where kind of killer campaigns came from. So it's just a, a connecting of the dots of all these different things that are out there and I don't know, all the stuff that I've learned. Um, it's just been a culmination of all these different things because uh, everyone has information locked inside of their head or some sort of expertise that uh, or not, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe it's just like me. I didn't know anything about credit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. hey, you know, a uh, credit expert or whatever, <laughs> not really. But, well, no, but yeah. I think that's a good place to come from is when you're not the expert. You know, you're just somebody that kind of reluctantly stumbled upon uh, this interesting way or strategy. Here's how I did it, and here's how you can do it too. You know, mm. that always works well. Mm, mm, mm.
0: Yeah. And again, I think what I, what I think about suggesting information marketing is a good place for people to cut their teeth. Or to be honest, if you have a service business or even a product business, attaching an info product to that can be one of the best forms of lead generation and generating a client list that you could imagine because the margins are phenomenal if you if you you know depending on the quality of what you're selling um, I mean if you think about oh well the CD only cost me a dollar to get made yeah but for someone if it's a credit report that could be worth a couple of hundred dollars to someone right so even though your cost of creating the product is only a few dollars the value that that can provide to someone if they you know they want to buy a house for their family you know and they've got a good job whatever it's just like what you they just made a couple dumb mistakes or they just were neglectful um, it doesn't necessarily mean, right, that they can't get back to where they want to go and that could be really, really valuable to them and the beautiful thing about that is um, you can sell it and not make any profit on it but now you've got a buyer's list and that's something that's really, really, really valuable to any any business. I think this is a good point to just show the difference and a key tenant of good marketing is that most people think that they that they make a sale to get a, uh, what is it, they they get a customer to make a single sale but really you get a, you make a, uh, what is it, you make a sale to get a a customer, and because a customer who buys something, like if I if I have, if I'm a plumber and I, you know, and I sell like do-it-yourself plumbing stuff, those people who buy that, that have get stuck and have questions, those are going to be some of the best clients because they know value and appreciate my expertise. And it'd be easier for me to get that book into the hands of somebody. I can get that book or my training course on how to, you know, how to do it yourself quickly, you know, 10, 10 quick fixes that'll save you ten thousand, you know, thousands of dollars in, you know, in plumbing expenses. If you sincerely try to help people, that'll just create goodwill in the market. It'll be almost like a loss leader. You can use it Generate a lead list of people that are you know involved in
1: plus it'll of, lift your authority in the market. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot to be said by hey, I've got a book out. My buddy Ryan Fletcher just you know quote unquote authored a book. It's a really good book in the real estate space. Mm-hmm. And it's it's self published, but guess what? He is an author. It's being yep. sold on Amazon. Yep. You know what does that do to his marketplace? It lifts his authority. And obviously, Ryan's a writer. I don't like to write, Um, but guess what? You could speak it. Yes. Uh, And so, an example like my mom's a real estate agent, but you know, when you look at like the process of you know bringing on a client and actually getting a commission, it's a very long road and it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But along the way, you know, what do they need? Well, you need to you know you need to check their credit. Uh, Okay, there's probably some sort of affiliate program out there where you can, and there is. Uh, where you can put people through uh, getting their credit and you can get paid on that right so regardless of whether they use your services you know they are using uh, outside services to get the things done that they need to get done to get the the job done right yeah. to get the property or whatever it is and so you know it's been a way for my mom to supplement her income for people that don't follow through or don't Use her services, or don't get the listing, or sell their home, or whatever it is. Right. So you know, in every business, there there is kind of these supplementary products and services that you don't have to own, but just as an affiliate, I mean, you could you know make uh, make the commissions on that.
0: Oh, exactly. Um, I think that's a great, great, great point. So supplement the income. Establish yourself self as an expert. You know, you're looking to get a real – you're looking to buy some property and you're looking at three realtors and one of them has a course on how to buy and flip properties, right? Right off the bat, you just feel more comfortable with that person because, while well, they're obviously – you know, they're teaching others how to make an income in this. You know what I mean? Like they've – it's just – it's more, almost more proof to the person, so – Um, and again, it just, it builds that list. And then I know with internet marketing, a lot of people talk about the list, but even with most businesses, this is something I think is really important. Gary Halbert talked about this. He said, you know, if I were, if you were to start a burger, a burger joint of any kind, what would be the one thing that you would want that
1: hungry would, crowd man. right
0: right a hungry crowd <laughs> and people are like i want lots of money i want a fancy sign no no no, i want a starving crowd because you could start with a you could start with a barbecue you know and you could start you could even forget that you've you just even got coals and like you got coals on a you know in a garbage bin and you're making <laughs> you're making burgers but you can reinvest the profits if you had a large enough hungry crowd you can just keep selling burgers and then reinvest and now you got a barbecue and now you got a stall and now you got a location um so that's what it is when we talk about building a list. It's trying to build that pool of people and then educate them on why you are an expert and then obviously um, solicit to them for the other services. And it's just help the people that need the help with what you're doing. And if they're not buying what you're selling, survey them and figure out the problems they are having and try and help them with those, right? Um, yeah. I don't know if we're over- and, and
1: services are hard to scale. Like I'll give you a good story. So uh, um, Sarah, she, she works in my office here. She has a, a company where they do event planning, and <clears throat> okay. she does a service, right? And so she gets a client, does the whole thing, and then it's kind of like, shoot, I got to find another client to like pay my rent or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And so there's no sort of consistency with it, and you only have so much time uh-huh. um, where she can devote to one or two, maybe three or four projects a month. If she's pulling her hair out, she has two kids, she's married, right? Like, she has other priorities in her life. And so, you know, um, parts of her business are very frustrating. And uh, so I'm like, Sarah, I'm like, you know, I just explained to her the concept of services you cannot scale. Um, And you can't really scale that business unless you hire more employees, unless you, uh, you know, get more salespeople out there, unless you have other people. Uh, going out there, and you know, you, you're, to grow your business, you need more people, right. which means more costs. At the end of the day, is you know, bringing on more expenses going to make you more money? And it may may not. Like, what's the lifestyle that's that's going to give you? And can you sell the business? Yep. Right at the end of the day, you don't want to be doing this forever, or maybe you do want to be doing it forever, but you want some sort of exit. Like, can you build something within a couple of years or later in life? Sell this. Uh, sell this company. Right. It's kind of like if you're a doctor, you know, you go to Mr. Bernstein to get your teeth checked, um, but Mr. Bernstein gets out of the business. Um, I mean, maybe you'll go to that same doctor or dentist, right. but you know, if he goes and sells his practice, he never gets top dollar for it. Yep. You know, because he's really just selling the client list. Because everyone is, it's all relationship based. Right. right. So you know, and the same thing with the service business. It's like, well, everyone knows you. Uh, and if it's not your business anymore, you're, you got to pass that relationship equity, that social equity you've built onto this new company, and that's a the devalue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard, it's not easy to do that. Yep. Yep. And when you have a product, you can scale it. So I'm like Sarah, do an event, put an event on. It's good. Number one, it'll make you an authority. You can put together the slides in 20 minutes. Um, and you know how to put an event together, so put an event to do, to right. share with other people in the industry. You know, hey, your seven you know biggest PR mistakes to avoid in 2015 or whatever. Right. And she'll get industry people. But now she's on stage; she's seen yep. as an expert. People are going to come out of the woodworks, like, oh my god, this is the best stuff ever. Yep. Can right. I hire you? Right. But now you can increase your prices, so you can only take on two or three clients a month. Um, but now you're weaning towards. Um, maybe part-time consulting or you're creating an info product so you can scale it like you know like getting away from the service-based stuff but getting into um using uh your expertise and documenting it and and turning into a scalable business that you can profit from but you still have the the you know the the stuff that you love to do it's just now you have a way to cuz not everyone can use your services but they would love to buy your expertise right. because you've been doing it for 20 years you know
0: yeah no that's that's exactly it and i think you know you can scale service businesses but i think you have to look more to a franchise model for that and at the same time not all of them are it's not necessarily a great like like you said it's not you might be able to scale it, but is that worth investing in? And I don't want to say no because you really can't – You know, I don't want to paint with with broad strokes, but I think there are a lot of instances where exactly, exactly what you said is true, that it's just a pain in the butt to do it that way, and it's just a lot of overhead and a lot of expense when you could just do something easier than that. I remember I was managing 180 units um, – uh, like multi-family apartment buildings so managing 180 units and we had this guy that we would call to come clean our carpets and I was in you know getting on this marketing kick and I remember I was really into Joe Polish at the time and he, you know, he, he, that's what he did. He helped revolutionize the carpet cleaning industry and in that. And I remember talking to the guy and, you know, and, and I remember saying to him, it was just him and another guy in the truck. And I'm like, you know, you guys are really great. You're so professional. You do such awesome work. You ever thought of like, you know, hiring more people and, you know, talking to the owner and he's like, you know what? He's like, I did that. He lived in Edmonton for, he said, for six years, he said he had like five, he had five trucks and like 15 staff and all those things. He said, but I make more money now, just me and one guy. You know, yeah, just going around. Then I did less headaches. I, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just I, I sleep like I get more sleep. I just and I make more money at the end of the day when everything's said and done. And I don't know if he'd gone through Joe's training and you know he might have been able to do a better way, but that's where you know if you are going to go that route, you need to make sure. Uh, I brought this up on a couple of other calls, but you make sure you do the Lamborghini, the black Lamborghini test, which is if you want to go into an industry, take Lisa in event planning, and she decides that this is a service business she wants to try to scale, you need to do the black Lamborghini test, which means put everyone who does event planning on a table, all your competitors, all the people who do it as a service, and then eliminate anyone who can't realistically walk on a car lot and buy a black Lamborghini and not have the payments kill them, um, and that'll eliminate <laughs> 99% of the people on the table, and then model those few who are left, if there's anyone left, and if there's no one left, then that might tell you that this is, you know, this is a dip. You, you can do it, and a lot of us want to be pioneers, but oftentimes, the easy money is just doing something that, not don't be a me too but doing something that's proven and i think that that's something as well as entrepreneurs We always want to create something new and you know and be in, you know industrial and revolutionary but oftentimes if no one's selling anything in that to that market it might be because the people who have you know were were kind of taken for everything they got cuz there's no one buying
1: yeah when so. i think even if you're like oh well you know there's other people in the market oh it's too crowded you know, especially in the information world, you know a lot of that comes down to like the personality. Like, if people like you and they like what you stand for, mm-hmm. um, you know that can be the difference between uh, you and the other guy. Like, you know, yeah. some people may like this person, while other people like this person, and so it's just a connection between a lot of those people, mm-hmm. and uh, and finding what what that connection is. Um,
0: right, 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 Chris. What was some of the best advice you've ever been given in your career? Ah, uh,
1: um the best advice
0: um <laughs> Not uh to put you
1: on the spot or anything <laughs> put That's a tough spot. question. The best advice. Um uh I w- I would say, you know, I mentioned it already, but, you know, it really brought to my attention uh what to build. Um It was build a business, right? Uh, Because I was, you know, creating income, but there was no real business that I really wanted to, to build. And so I think Rich Shefrin, you know, uh, indirectly gave the advice of, you know, are you building an income or are you building a business? And so for me, that's been just kind of instrumental with, you know, the products I create or the things I get involved with. You know, is it is it a fly by night thing? Because I don't want to be a part of it. you know like you have the internet marketing world where there's churn more products and all this sort of stuff out um but you know they're going to move on to the next thing right like they're not going to maybe build a real business around it some guys do but you know you see a lot of people just maybe build it for a cash infusion right. um
0: so can you what what's, what separates i mean we kind of talked a little bit about like obviously it's an income stream versus uh, like a business, but like, what are some other signs? What's what's evidence that you have a business versus just an income stream? What what would be the evidence if I was a police officer, or detective? What would I be looking for to say that no, this is a business, not just an income stream?
1: Yeah, I mean, something that isn't dependent on trends, right? Like if some if you have a product that's dependent on a trend changing or dying, mm. that is not a business, right? That's a that is a you're riding a trend. Um, you know, first of all, it's the market, right? Who's the market you're going after? Is it a brand new market? Is it a new market you're trying to create, which is a problem. Um, you know, so that's first and foremost. And then, yeah, I think once you realize you have a business, is like you're growing, or you have returned customers, or you have a product that people really need. Um, and so, I remember I first heard this from Todd Brown a couple of years ago, where he says, you know, you want to create a product that is a pain of disconnect. So, you know, uh, for example, like when we had these membership sites or had these recurring, you know, replicated websites, it was so deeply entrenched in the people's businesses cause they put it on their business card and they put it on this. And, you know, so for them to cancel that, um, there's a serious pain associated with it. So it's like a Weber, like when your credit card fails and your entire business is dependent on your emails, um, you're going to do whatever it takes, move mountains to make sure that that account is up to date. So the pain of disconnect with a service like that is massive. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the retention on that stuff is huge. So yeah. I would think, you know, how, what's the product that you can create, you know, that, that pain of, of disconnect? Now, obviously, that is more software as a service side to it. But also, you know, what's the, the urgent pain that people need to solve um, and your product solves that, right? And I think you know, the credit repair uh, people need to solve it because, hey, you know, I got to get a house in six months. Um, credit's a problem, and I need to solve that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. you know, that was a problem. And I think Gary Bensavenga, he had a really good point. I remember listening to, and I still listen to it because it's just awesome. But it's the uh, Gary Bensavenga 100 seminar.
0: Yeah, that's.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's awesome. Uh, There's so many good nuggets in there. And so one of the things he says is, you know, problems are markets. Uh, He says, you know, uh, you know, I don't get an Advil uh, unless I have a need or a want or a desire. Um, You know, you don't just pop an Advil because you want to. It's because you have a problem. And so, um, you know, if there's a problem, there is a solution that people are looking for. Uh, and that, i.e., there's an opportunity for something to be created or sold or marketed, um, you know, ethically to people that have that problem. So problems are markets.
0: Mm, mm, mm. No, I love that, and that's actually where I learned that from was Gary Bensovenga in the 100 seminar. That's he's phenomenal. For people who don't know, he was he's the greatest living copywriter of our time, uh, and copywriting is such a critical skill because copywriting. Um, liberated the sales rep because prior to learning how to write Liberate. sales, yeah, like it, it's it's now you're able to scale. It's learning. Gary Bensavenga is a sale. He's able to transfer salesmanship onto, into the written word so well that his letters beat any other letters anyone else could create, any other sort of package someone could create to mail to someone to make them want to buy. Gary Bencevenga, uh who's retired now, is the number one at it. And, um, anyways, yeah, that's a great resource the Gary Bencevango 100 seminar. I think that's, yeah.
1: And that gets into, you know, for people that, you know, copywriting, it's not copyrights, trademarks, patents, or anything like that. And copywriting is, you know, the art of writing persuasive copy, right? Sales copy words in print. And, uh, it's funny, I was, uh, Seth who is in my office literally sitting right next to me right now. Uh, we were talking about the difference between direct response and image based advertising. And so, um, You know, most companies are enamored by, oh, I got to have my logo. And I got to have, like, (laughs) you know, all this just bullshit that at the end of the day, you're a small business, you got to make money. So that $1,000 ad you just bought for a page, you got to return some sort of investment on. So, how are you going to do that? Well, that's where direct response comes in. And so, you know, Uh, We were talking about uh, pest control and how you would enter into a neighborhood and all this sort of stuff. You know, most guys would maybe put like a real flashy postcard and it's not. I would write a letter, right? And the letter would be like, hey, I'm Chris. I'm actually local here. And you know what? I actually do pest control and come to find out in your neighborhood, you know, there's all these uh, bee willards, you know, bees that fly around and they set these nests inside of your your roof. Um, And actually, I found this in uh, your neighbor's house. Um blah, blah blah, I mean, obviously tell the truth right i'm just kind of, right, of th- spinning the tongue here, but um but I would just I would write a letter yeah. and uh you know like just be as genuine as human as possible. I think you know, getting away from sales because once you have flashy stuff. That means selling and yep. people don't like to be sold to but they sure love to buy yeah. and they sure love to buy from people that they really like, they know, yeah. and they trust.
0: Right, right. So. Stories are a great way to get to know someone. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. It's a great tip. Uh, anyone that's not well-versed in copywriting that should really – even the process you go through because if you're going to write down a letter like that, you have to think about who you're writing the letter to and that process is just a great business building skill in itself. Um, which is, again, it comes back to what makes copywriting so valuable. Actually, yeah, I've met Gary a couple of times. Um, we're, we're actually friends now. I'm able to reach out and ask him questions, which is just it's, Damn, it's such a lucky I know, you. I know, I know. <laughs> but again, it comes Super back fun. to you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I'm going to try and get him on one of these interviews. So um, he's only ever – Ken McCarthy, one of my mentors, is one of the only people that have uh, – I think it's the only interview he's ever done outside of a wow. System 100 seminar. So it was with Ken. And then, anyways, but – Chris, um, thank you for your time today. What are you working on now? What's what kind of stuff have you got? Like you excited by? What do you, What's what's fueling your passion these days?
1: Yeah, so you know, just just growing call loop, um, and uh, we have a new kind of project in the works. And it just, you know, it's been a product that we've had out for a couple of years. Uh, it's called Auto Teleseminar Seminar, but um, basically allows you to automate conference calls, so you could automate your marketing and selling. Um, and we kind of transition that into kind of a um, uh, a conference call platform so and it's called kickaconference.com uh k i c k a conference.com and uh, yeah so we're just we're we're building that new cool awesome conference call platform that will just allow you to uh, generate sales from from conference calls i think a lot of people do webinars but <clears throat> in my experience webinars take a lot of time and preparation to Get right, and um, you know, conference calls and teleseminars can be a very simple, fast way to do it. Um, so, yeah, so we're working on that. You know, call loop uh, is obviously the, the main business, but kick a conference is kind of the new thing. And, um, yeah, and that's about it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, so if anyone wants to check any of those out, it's call loop c a l l l o o p.com, and then we have kick a conference, so K I C K A. Uh, conference C O N F R E N C E, and is that kickaconference.com com? It is. Okay, yeah, kickaconference.com dot com. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I really do value and appreciate you as a peer, as a mentor, as a friend, and um, I think we gave some great, great content today. Anyone who's listening to this, even if you have an existing business, if if you've got a seven figure business, there's go back because. I guarantee that there's gems in here if you just think about it and you're willing to be, you know, think about being a newbie and look at it with fresh eyes. I know sometimes we get so close to our projects. If you try and look at it from another perspective and just listen to this call, there's going to be a gem in it for you because we covered some awesome, awesome stuff. And um, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate what you shared with us today.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, inviting me. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so.
0: Good, good. You've reached the end of our interview. or give them to just do it for you whatever it is remember taking action is the secret sauce to results now if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend please give them a link to it it'll help them and it'll help me too I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing your dreams your goals and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back we both do better when we know better